0: what he's learned from being a serial risk taker, how to be an entrepreneur, a manager, and an artist all at the same time, how to cast your vision for your business, why to build revenue before you grow your business, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number two, zero, three, with entrepreneur, business coach, and author, Terry Bargie. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I'm here because you want to be the best version of yourself, but there are so many things that you need to get there. And because it's overwhelming and complicated, it's easy to lose focus, easy to lose a sense of direction, which is why so many people end up falling short of their true potential. That's why I create videos, podcasts, and fitness programs to keep you on track to your best you. Go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. Today I bring you Terry Bargy, who is the author of the new book called A Failure's Guide to Business Success, The 10-Step Guide for the Everyday Entrepreneur. Terry is a fitness and business coach and strategist, the founder of Train OD and the founder of Alternative Influence Coaching Company. Terry has had countless jobs and has created a ton of businesses, from chopping trees to an apparel line to fitness businesses, he's done it all. Be sure to learn about his 10 steps for the everyday entrepreneur whether you're an entrepreneur or not they will help you become a better business leader a better employee and of course a better business owner as you're listening be sure to tag me at carrier underscore best you and tag terry at k underscore terry underscore on instagram to let us know that you're listening monday mornings can be the bane of your existence it can seem impossible to get motivated on a monday morning but not if you receive my Monday Motivation Trio 111 newsletter. Every Monday, I send out one motivational quote, one inspiring video, and one workout to get your week started with a bang. Just go to nickcarrier.com slash 111 newsletter to get this in your inbox every Monday morning. Again, it's nickcarrier.com slash 111 newsletter. Without further ado, here's to getting closer to your best you with the serial risk taker himself, Terry Bargie. All right, what's up everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I am super fired up to have the one and only Terry Bargie with me today. Terry, thanks so much for spending the time with me. Woohoo!
1: I, I almost uh, jumped to my woohoo moment. Sorry.
0: <laughs> no. Hey, it's all right. It's all right. I'll, there's never too many whoo-hoo's. So I right? appreciate it. So, to introduce you, Terry, you are a fitness and business coach and strategist. You're the author of this awesome new book, A Failure's Guide to Business Success, the 10 step guide for the everyday entrepreneur. And I was just mentioned right before we got on how it's so relatable because of the. <laughs> failures or the screw ups that I've had with the podcast and definitely how I've learned and hopefully won't have some of those failures moving forward because of that. But uh, I want to make sure that you kind of give everybody a little bit more context on you. So you're the founder of Train OD, and now you've got Alternative Influence Coaching Company and you've done numerous other things, both entrepreneurial wise and as an employee of a lot of different things. So I just kind of want you to give a little bit of context for everybody in terms of like, What are some of those handful of jobs that you've had in the past or businesses that you started in the past? Oh, boy.
1: How much time we have? I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I just snap all the way back to what kind of sparked my interest in business. We were in 2000, I would say 2005, 2006, um, moved into a landscaping position. Mm -hmm. So that's what, it was a small enough company where I knew the owner and I watched him do stuff and I, I... learned over time that this is how you run a business. It takes really good care of his employees and then very diversified. I was keep in mind I was, I was young. So I thought I'm going to start my own business. It's going to be fitness and I'm going to do it better than this guy. And as you'll read that <laughs> it doesn't always go like you want it to. I ended up starting a personal training business in Dayton, Ohio. And right at that, the 2008 recession, the housing crash there. So that market kind of dried up. Got another job. And then ended up in Nashville, started again. And thankfully, at that moment, started the business on food stamps and unemployment. We were able to slowly gain momentum. Uh, A lot of posting on the old Craigslist back then. I was a different bird back then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I'll stop you there then. Because like you said, you started a business when you were on food stamps and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you always kind of think that you were going to start your own business and and make it on your own? Or did you put different you know, applications out there and start looking for other things you wanted to do? Or was it always like, I'm going to do something on my own, bar none?
1: I'll tell you what's funny about that. Looking back at my life, it looks like my initial interest in uh, being an entrepreneur looked more like a problem with authority. Hmm. Always challenging the status quo or the one telling me to do it this way. I'm thinking, I'm going to do it your way, but there's got to be a better way. Yeah. And that was me in my 20s. and It just slowly progressed
0: to being an entrepreneur, okay, uh, and just running my own business. Okay, so let's see where to go from here. When <laughs> you kind of failed on like the first personal training business, yeah. let's let's go into the couple of other entrepreneurial endeavors that you had. So, what are the next couple of things that you started? The biggest things that you kind of learned, and how did you pivot? After those first couple, and we're going to get into the the ten steps, which I'm pumped about. But just to give people a little bit more context, what are some of those other businesses?
1: Yeah, uh, aside from doing the fitness business, as it were, that was kind of the foundation, the, the I guess the plumb line that ran, you know, through the last 15 years of my life. It helped a buddy start a tree care business called Chop Tree and Landscape, and now it's just Chop Tree Care. I was a landscape version. Okay, I was a landscape side of that business. Uh, so we did that for a little while. He bought me out, and we. We're still, I mean, we're still good buddies, and he is killing it. Then what else was there? Handyman business, general contracting, and then we we dabbled in starting our own. This is not even in the book. This is deep cuts right okay, here. We, we dabbled in starting our own supplement brand. Okay. We also tried to put out a fitness publication long before National Fit Magazine, but thank God they do it so Ryan much better. Ryan mentioned that this morning. So much better than us. We actually printed ours on almost cardstock, and then hand-bound it, That it would be super artistic. Yeah. It's too much work. Thank you, Ryan, if you're listening. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, so, and people that are probably listening, and I'm sitting here after having read your book and listening to you further, like, this guy was all over the place, like, doing different industries, starting them at different times. Yeah. And so, do you feel like trying all these different things was the best path for you, or do you feel like you could have stuck with one of them and seen it through a little bit longer?
1: Ooh, that's a, that's a hard-hitting question right there. Yeah. I'm starting to sweat. Now, the, <laughs> <laughs> once again, I'll say in retrospect, yeah. what I, like in, the, in those times, and looking back into what, what was the reason why I did that? Did that help or hurt? And, you know, sometimes those hurt. They cost a lot of money. Sometimes they cost relationships, thankfully. Not too many of them in my case. I know a lot of people go through a lot harder breakups, as it were, with business partners. What I look back and see is that I am, and I, you know, I talk about this a lot. Three categories of a person: you're an entrepreneur, a manager, or an artist. You, uh, artist likes to create, cast vision. Uh, a manager is really good at taking said vision and implementing it. An entrepreneur is a serial risk taker, mm. and I think very early on, I. I was that serial risk taker. If it looked
0: good and someone was passionate about it, I wanted to back that passion. Mm. Uh, so the passion didn't even have to necessarily come from you. Like the business didn't have to be like, I'm super passionate about that. It's like you saw somebody else's passion for a particular area and you're like, oh, I can make that work.
1: I was drawn to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, And oftentimes it overshadowed common sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if we're honest. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. All right. Good deal. So, Let's get into a little bit of the the ten steps. Got the ten step guide for the everyday entrepreneur. So I'm going to actually jump to number two. Number one is disable the fear, but number two is cast the vision. And mm-hmm. to me, okay. that that hits really hard because I always talk about how in order to get closer to the best version of yourself, step number one is get as clear of a vision as you can on the person that you want to become and on what the best version of yourself looks like and is capable of, and then try to reverse engineer that person into reality. Exactly. And so that's a lot of the a similar idea of how we create a successful business. Exactly. So you talk about casting a vision. And the first thing I want to ask is the importance of a quick explanation of your business, because you really harped on that and your experience with when you realized that lesson. So what's the importance of somebody who has their own business or who has their own startup to be able to quickly give their two second pitch or 60 second pitch to somebody else? What's the importance of that? I,
1: and I think it, it really comes down to you doing the work. Like if you don't have a clear one minute, this is what I do, then you have it. Oh, this is my offensive people, but you might not have thought it all the way through. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the point of the exercise. If you can't cast the vision to somebody you met on the subway or at a, in an Uber, then how clear are you really on your vision? It's okay. If you're not, it's okay. If you're not, it doesn't mean don't do it. Right. Uh, just get clear on it. So I think it's, I think it's important, but I don't think it stops you from moving forward. And I think that's what people tend to think. That I'll work on that in a second. And I know I thought that. I've been accused of running and pulling my team behind me. And they got to lass on me back in and put my feet back all on the ground for a second so that I can, you know, attach to reality a little bit. So I remember very early on, just a few blocks from here, I, <laughs> right before we went from, you know, 14 trainers, we were, there's just a handful of us, just like four, five of us. And I remember being asked that question by one of my trainers. Like, mm. what, are, what are we really, what's the goal? What are we really doing? And she was much younger than me. I, I, I want to say she was 17 at the time, 17 or 18. And I was like, wow, that's a great question. What are we doing? Yeah. And I, and, and I remember her wanting that reinforcement. And at the time, it felt laborsome. But as I grew as an entrepreneur, I realized they need that. The team doesn't have the path. Then everyone's going to kind of float around and, and, and exist yeah. with no real clear goals. And you might, lose that, you might lose the trainer and that turnover will happen, you know?
0: Yeah. So not only is it super important for the founder, the founding entrepreneur, it's really important for your team itself yeah. to keep them motivated, engaged, and stuff like that. Well, they want to be a part of something. Yeah. Right? And know what you're a part of. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think, like you said, it doesn't stop you from going and taking action. But I think what it really allows you to do is make all of your actions that much more intentional because, you know, if you have a clear aiming point, a clear vision point that you're trying to go, it's a lot easier to, you know, go in some sort of a straight a straight direction or it's going to be a little curved always, yeah. but rather than go that way and then have to com- make a complete 180 right. towards it. So I think that's really huge. So your step number three is creating that vision checklist mm-hmm. and I think that that's probably one of the best ways that people or some of the best questions that people can ask themselves in regards to how you go about creating the vision. And you talk about where you're going, why you're going there and what you're going to do when you get there. So kind of just riff on those few questions for a bit and how they are, again, so important.
1: Yeah. Nowadays doing this, you know, as I'm, I still have my hands in a few things. Now, as you do this, the, you know, where, where are we going? OK, I got to guess back and think about that. OK, where am I going to go with this? Why is this important? <laughs> you know, and you get through those three questions and you realize that one, I have a complete fork in the road. And, and possibly two, oh, that's way better than my original thought. Yeah. You know? So hashing that out like looks so much different than being in the moment. I remember looking back, you know, I was writing the books, looking back at that at my experience and thinking, if I would have had this book. What would it look, what would it, you know, if I had stopped and done this a uh, little bit of a manual, as it were, what what would it look like? Yeah. What would the business look like? And I think it would have been, I think it would have been a different story between, you know, me, you, and this microphone. Not that I'd still be doing it today, but that maybe the impact would have been greater on people who are trying to help. But also, my biggest regret, if I looking looking back on my life as a gym owner, is not living in the moment more. Mm. And always so – that's the other side of this coin. So you, you can cast a vision so much that you're always worried about the next step of achievement. Yeah. And you're not connecting and staying connected uh, with the clientele and the, the team.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's go down that rabbit hole a little bit because I think that's so important because that's definitely something that I believe so strongly in is – you have to do the best to cast the vision, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you have to be, like you said, present in the moment and willing to like, be flexible. Like mm-hmm. y- The vision that you have is created by you, so it's not going to be flawless. It's not going to be like, that's exactly where you should go. Yeah. You have to be willing to be flexible, and to be flexible, you have to be present in the moment. So how are you kind of now working on being better at actually being more present in the moment and not just so fixated on the vision?
1: Boy, that comes down to... <laughs> just simply chilling out. You just got to chill out. It is a process. Remember to love the process. Like that's why you do it. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm attracted to it is the passion part of it. The passion that, you know, greases the wheels long before you have any money running through the business. There's that. I also have good business partners that keep you grounded in, in the process. And my wife is really good at it too. It's like, Hey, I'll just slow down. Remember, because I got kids working for me now. And the kids are, she's like, remember, they don't know what you know. And if you take a minute and remember where they're at in the process, you like that's a sweet, tender moment. Mm. I'm like,
0: ooh, yeah. Why didn't I do that more? Yeah, That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. good. So I think one of the examples in the book of where you talk about where casting the vision really helped you was with the chop tree yeah. and, and yeah. landscaping because you kind of saw the business as – kind of being this model, but you're like, oh wait, it's definitely better, we should go over here. Mm -hmm. So I guess if rehash that story a little bit to give everybody very clear example of how you did this. Yes,
1: that is the clearest cut it's ever been. And it wasn't up to that date, right? Right. Uh, Learning from that helped me pivot a lot more in business. So CHOP, when we came together for CHOP and my buddy, Jared Owens runs this company, friends for almost pushing 20 years now, lots of passion and his passion is for the tree really and making sure that tree doesn't go to waste and in order for a tree not to go to waste it's got to it's got to be cut for a little while it's got to dry for a little while and then it's got to be manufactured into furniture and i loved that whole idea in the very beginning and but i was always like i want in if i come in there has to be a uh, money plan for tomorrow and he was obviously, he was very open to that, obviously. I remember we took a tax return check and bought it, bought the first truck. Nice. And he's like, oh, oh, we're doing this. I'm like, yeah, man, let's go. And there's yeah. my, there's my serial risk taking right there. <laughs> it's like, here's a truck. Yeah. It leaks oil like crazy, but we can do this. That's awesome. uh, and that was that was the beginning. And so I brought in the landscape aspect as a way, like cutting grass, doing mulch, new landscape design and some of these new houses. And I brought that in to bring in the money to facilitate the dream and it worked it that was the pivot so it was tree repurposing great idea let's do that but also let's take this and let's mix it together and now we have something that's going to work mm-hmm. and w- when we parted when jared and i parted he didn't need the landscape side anymore i mean that was a two-year turnaround
0: yeah well, I consider that a success. No, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And I think you kind of touched on step number four through that story, which is build the revenue before you build mm-hmm. the business. And so, again, talk about the importance of having some cash flow on the front end in order to keep the business and the dream alive, if you will.
1: Yeah, well, revisiting that whole passion, the the, the idea of passion. Passion's great. Doesn't pay the bills. It's true. You know, as us podcasters know this, Yeah. know, the... Passion doesn't pay the bills. There has to be a. Sometimes it's a side hustle. In in maybe it's completely away from what you want to do, what you think that you're capable of doing, what your where your heart is, where your education is. Even the importance of having a little bit of money that is set aside that is going towards the passion project, and ideally that money comes back to you in a given amount of time, Mm -hmm. Um, and it is the hope and the dream. So yeah, that was that was the chop tree landscape playing right there it was landscaping we'll pay the bills until we can do more than pay the bills and we can buy that crane truck or buy that sawmill and his crane truck is awesome yeah I'll just say that
0: no no i'm <laughs> i'm glad that you i'm glad that you harp on this point because i think that a lot of people recently money gets a bad connotation and it's like evil and all this oh, kind yeah. of stuff like don't be profit-minded and all this stuff but a guy who's kind of like a virtual mentor if you will, for me, because I've watched a lot of his videos, but he doesn't know who I am, uh, is uh, Donald Miller here, <laughs> oh, yeah. in, here in Nashville, founder of StoryBrand. And he talks about how there are like three things, three qualities of every employee that they need to practice. Is, and number one is like profit-minded. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have money bringing it in, no, nothing else matters. No matter how big your passion is, no matter yeah. what your long-term vision is, nothing matters if you can't support the business right now, where it is today. hundred percent. So I think that's super key and, and something that I know that is a big lesson for me. And I think I've started to learn that a little bit more over the past six, 12 months, but a lot of entrepreneurs probably don't really realize that.
1: Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that, you know, I say passion won't pay the bills, but you'll burn yourself right out. Like you'll take something that you actually were passionate about. And at the end of the day, you'll quit because you burn out trying to make it happen, working 80 hours a week and not making a dime. Because mm-hmm. uh, you don't have that, you don't have that revenue. You don't have that side hustle. You know, feeding the flow, and we don't want that. Like you know, as an entrepreneurial coach, as a risk taker myself, I don't want that because I don't want to align with somebody who's burnout. Yeah. Right. Like if you want to get help and you want to build a team, you want to go far, you got to take some people with you, and it's important that you stay fresh. Mm-hmm. So fund the passion.
0: All right. So we've talked about. Three, three or four of the steps so far of your 10 Mm -hmm. steps. And I kind of want to ask a question more generally about the 10. Like you're a business coach right now. You have alternative um, influence coaching company. When you're working with entrepreneurs right now, is there one of the 10 steps or maybe two of the 10 steps that you're like, are the most common things being skipped over right now or not thought about?
1: Hmm. I think it goes back and forth. In all fairness, there's two. One is 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 the side hustle having something. the building the revenue or like having the revenue money coming in yeah having something coming in yeah is so much often that but i think i can make it it's it reminds me of when i was in my 20s we can make it on love like we don't we don't even have a job let's get married like we'll figure it out yeah. like yes but <laughs> just put some applications out just in case yeah <laughs> so yeah i go that's a big one okay. and then the other one is this one kind of this one kind of annoys me and it's been running it, it And I'm like I said, I am thankful that I haven't had to part ways with any friends or trainers over the years for this reason. But I hate when I hear, no, I've got it. Like, I I can go at it. I I got it by myself. Like, I can do it.
0: Mm -hmm. Like,
1: Like, it's yes, you can go fast if you go by yourself. You want to go far, don't go alone. Take somebody with you, and you don't have to split the profits with them. Like, take somebody with it. And and oftentimes they're so like holding on to that vision so tight, like it's proprietary and it's not even a thing yet. They don't want any outside help with it. Yeah.
0: I can't remember what exactly the name of the step was, but I definitely remember you talking about it and making sure that you kind of like delegate to people who have strengths that are your weaknesses and, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. How can you, how do you get through to people who are like, no, it's me. It's me. I, because I think a lot of people are those type A personalities. I'm probably relatively similar to this, where it's like, no, I want control. If it's if something's got to get done, I've got to do it. I can't trust anybody else. How can somebody get over that kind of like almost lack of trust that anybody else can do what they can do? Because I feel like kind of a lot of it might boil down to that.
1: Well, two ways. One, at its worst, is harp on being their friend and connecting with them as a person. Mm. Being supportive and giving them advice whenever they want it. And also taking advice whenever I hear it as a big, I think that's reciprocal. They want to feel heard. And oftentimes we've got, you're feeding off a passion, right? Why not listen and let it maybe even change the, your, your overall vision as, as the leader. That's great. That's a great person to have involved and then wait, because typically they'll go do their own thing and then come back. Mm. That happens. I mean, that's happened to me with three or four different people and you wait, they come back around and eventually they get it. You're either having a structured relationship that is built around you helping them achieve their goals or they do that whole cycle again. Yeah. There's that give and take, and then they go, Oh, no, I got it. And it peaks out. And then they, two years later, they come right back. And then if you're getting, if you're working on the breakthroughs that I've had a little more, more in the way of, I, if I get that, I've got that relationship with them where I can be bold enough to say, Here's what I recognize that you are, entrepreneur, manager, artist. Here is what I know, if you're uh, an entrepreneur, here's what I know are your weaknesses. But here's your strengths. Here's my weaknesses. Here's my strengths. Mm. So I think I can help you this, this, and this. Yeah. And I will do it for nothing because I want to see you succeed. Yeah. You know, and that's usually how I get get through.
0: I think that's really great. I think when you take the initial step in order to get through to somebody of showing them that you're self-aware about your own strengths and your own weaknesses kind of gives them permission or gives them the space to do the same thing about themselves. And if anybody takes the honest look at themselves, they'll be able to find where their gaps are, especially if they're a solo entrepreneur. Like I know 1000 things that I'm could be delegating to somebody else and somebody else would be better to add it than I would. So it'd be very easy for people to actually be able to state their weaknesses after somebody else states their theirs yeah. as well.
1: Yeah. And I think you're in that moment, those are the moments where I think you're being the truest of a leader. Like, hey, let, let me just leave with my weakness here. Here's where I'm at. There's some transparency to that that allows growth in both in both parties. Now, I'm not saying that's not happening on the other hand. Typically, what happens on the other hand is that Once again, I don't want to offend my artists out there, but this typically happens with my artists. I'm an artist. Offend the hell out of me. (laughs) I appreciate the invitation. (laughs) Typically, they gloss over. And when you're trying to to drive it home on a way that is like foundation number one, and then revenue, and then team building, and then X, and then vision, and then all these things, and they're like, just kind of like, you lost them for a second. Yeah, so I'm going to go, here's what I'm going to do. And... Out they go you know they could do their thing it takes a little while and i want to say it takes a little while for both parties to learn how to communicate in a way that helps that passionate artist yeah if that makes sense i gotta simplify my message
0: right and it's funny because last weekend a friend of mine was telling me about kind of these three different personalities i don't think i'd ever heard it before and i'm sure it's phrased a little bit differently when people, different people talk about it but somebody talks about how tony robbins mm-hmm talks about it sometimes. Oh, yes. That's where I'm pulling it from. Yeah. 100%. And so, okay, that is probably the same the same terminology too. And Tony Robbins, I guess, talks about how he at heart is an artist, mm-hmm. but he's learned how to kind of channel that only with like his live events and channel his managerial side and entrepreneurial side at different times when that's going to benefit him the most. Yeah. So, I think becoming self-aware of who you are, you can learn to kind of like grow those strengths in the different areas as yeah. you go.
1: I think that is a resounding truth in, in business in general is what, what Tony Robbins, how he says that. And what I love about how he says it is that you get to that you can, you can learn and adapt. Like you can be an entrepreneur and a great risk taker and then slowly start to understand art over. That's what happened to me. Mm. Like I became the visionary over time. Like it was a risk taker first. Started with a problem with authority. Then I'm like, I'm going to quit my job and I've got no savings and I'm just going to do this thing. And then later on, when I had a team, I became the visionary. And then through working, you know, and I, and I had managerial experience, but I'm not a manager. That's what working blue collar will do. Like if you stay around long enough, Everyone else will leave and it's just you. Yeah. <laughs> hey,
0: you're a manager. <laughs> That's
1: hysterical.
0: That's hysterical. But yeah, I think like you said, you you build the muscle in all three different lanes yeah. through kind of experience and self-awareness of it.
1: Right. I remember I just told, so I have a, a business partner in, in my clothing line, KV Apparel, uh, and her name is Aspen. And I told her, I, I said, you're a manager. She's like, you've like, I, if I cast vision on you, you're like, boom, boom, boom. I, you'd like to connect and implement. I watch her do it. She does it in a way that 10 years ago see, would seem strange, like, you know, via social media, and Snapchat, this, that, and the other. Getting things done. And she, her immediate reaction was, uh, I'm like, what?
0: I feel like manager does get a negative connotation. It does, but- <laughs> it does man. Like, managers are so important, yeah. you know? They're, they're key
1: to the, I mean, well, you can get, you can have a visionary and a manager. You can have an entrepreneur and a manager, but you can't have an entrepreneur and a, uh, and a, and a, and a creative, like an artist, with no manager.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I don't, I don't think it works. That's a good point, that's probably pretty true. So, to go back kind of to the 10 steps, and we've talked about weaknesses and stuff like that. So, on tune with that, of the 10 steps, what's the hardest for you to be able to continue to follow? Oh, these questions, <laughs> these questions are, these are tough.
1: <laughs> Remembering the vision, like I have learned how to be the visionary. I'm tempted to recast a new vision to each one of my, I love like, for instance, I'm, I've been, I've become really good at rebranding and when something's not going well, I think well, let's just rebrand it. Right. Well, that's not always the answer. Mm-hmm. So remembering that the vision for me is, is, is the weakness in how it trickles to affecting people's lives. Gotcha. Like it has to connect. It can't be just a I want to change the world, you know. Right. Like, but starts with you know X, Y, and Z. It has to has it, to be clear. It has to be clearer than that. Mm-hmm. And there has to be a connection point. You got to plug that cord in somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I think casting the vision is so hard for a lot of people who are go 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 action minded right. people because when you take the time to cast the vision and do things of that and they really sit down and think you're not necessarily getting any kind of tangible outcome or tangible result. And I know that's for me. That's like, it's hard for me sometimes to convince myself that it's worthwhile putting this time in to do it because it's like, what am exactly, am I actually getting? Right. So that's right. And I've grown to, I've grown to appreciate it more. Mm -hmm. I've had some high profile clients,
1: some that have been in the entrepreneurial space and they have done that to me like while we're working out, you know, back, back in the day. And it's like, Oh, I see what you're doing here. Oh, yeah, that's really good. That's a great point about me. Like, what are you doing to me right now? Like, it's just messing with my head. And what, you know, what they're doing is they're giving me a little s- sprinkle of vision, what it could be. Yeah. This might not be the path for you, but have you ever thought about this? Like, No, I have not. And I like it, you're messing with my head and I like it. So you, you learn to start appreciating it as, a,
0: as an action taker. Mm-hmm. I'm always running in place. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So coming down to the last couple of questions here. So we've talked a lot about vision too, a little bit unintentionally as we, as we go into this question. So like I said, I think it's really important for me to visualize what the best version of myself looks like, what the best version of myself is capable of, and then to figure out, okay, if that's what he looks like, what do I need to do to actually get there? And so a question for you is picture the best version of Terry and what is a skill a piece of knowledge or an experience that the best version of yourself has that you don't currently have. Ooh.
1: Hmm. Is this strictly business or I think we, I, I
0: actually, it's funny, right before I asked the question, I was like, I think I'm going to ask it in the business, but I think business or personal. Because they can go both ways. <laughs> but we'll give, give if, if one for each jumps out, go for both.
1: Okay. On a business line, marketing. Like, I want to know marketing better. Mm. I... I For and I put this in the book, for 10 years, I wrongfully, I will make sure everyone hears that, kind of demonized salesmen. And I always thought that they were, I had this image of a sweaty car salesman who's chain smoking and he's like trying to convince me that that this rusty Oldsmobile was only driven to church on Sundays. (laughs) (laughs) Like I I just can't get that out of my head. And it took me a long time to realize that stop thinking about it as sales, start thinking about it as uh, adding value to people's lives,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're doing that with the years of education that you've built up in order to do this thing. So, marketing, like I would love to learn it more and more and more. I've become a student of it for the last I don't know, it I would say 60% in the last five years and 80% in the last two. Mm-hmm. Uh, become more of a student of it if. That being said, if I could hire out for it, I would do that right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then on, on a personal level, I am at my best when I'm teaching. Mm. I loved I love to teach. I'm and I it took me forever to learn that about myself. Like teaching, coaching, nothing gets me as excited as that.
0: That's awesome. So, That's awesome. Well, I'm glad that we hit on both of them. Well, before I ask the last question, Terry, I want to acknowledge you for the serial risk taking that you (laughs) that you took early on. I definitely think that no matter how much of a risk taker you know you are, no matter it's still not easy. Just because you're a risk taker doesn't mean taking the risks are easy. So I want to acknowledge you for being having the ability and the courage to take those risks, even when you're on food stamps and and stuff like that and willing to put yourself out there. And then having the ability to learn kind of the different muscles of entrepreneur, manager, mm-hmm. and artist as you've gone throughout your entrepreneurial career and business career and to be able to have this self-awareness of your deficiencies and trying to work and grow in those areas. I think it's been super special and very apparent.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you so much.
0: Of course. Well, I want to make sure everybody goes and supports you as much as possible. So you guys need to make sure that you go get this awesome book, we hit on a few of the steps, but you're going to have to go check it out to learn the other steps, a Failure's Guide to Business Success, the 10-step guide for the everyday entrepreneur. Tell people where they can go find the book and find you on social media and your different businesses and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, simply, quickly, you could go to, our, to Amazon. You go to Amazon and you put my name in there or you put the book in there, it'll pop right up. But I would love if you followed us on Facebook. The Facebook's where we do the most, probably the most interaction. Live videos and things like that. And where's that? Alternative Influence Coaching? Yes. Alternative Influence Coaching Company on Facebook is where you can find that. And it's the same on Instagram. Other businesses. Wow. TrainOD.com, which is an online membership-based fitness site, but geared towards restorative fitness. Mm -hmm. So trying to keep you away from surgery, if at all possible, fixing those rotator cuffs and knees and whatnot. Then I have a clothing line, just KV apparel. You can, it's KV Apparel, uh, official on Instagram. Uh, so we're, we're all the fun. Yeah. So we have all the fun. And then we have a we have a mobile fitness van running around uh, out there called 2U uh, Fit Mobile Fitness. I don't so, think I knew that. I don't yeah, think I knew that. Uh, Aubrey's out there. My head trainer's out there. Nice. Just trying to make it happen.
0: Mobile fitness, <laughs> online fitness, clothing company, uh, coaching company. So that's awesome all, yeah. all over the place. But that's great. Just a little busy. Yeah. Thankful for the team. Right? Yeah. The different you managers that you have. you got to have good people, man. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, good deal. Well, you guys make sure to go follow him, especially on Facebook at Alternative Influence Coaching Company for a lot of his awesome content there. So, Terry, the last question Again, I think getting closer to the best version of yourself is a constant journey. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're ever there. And I also think it's a very unique journey. I think the way that I get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. Yeah. So for you personally, again, if there are three things that you can currently do or three things that you can currently work on to get closer to that best version of Terry that you could possibly be, what are those three things that you could do or work on? I think step number
1: one is I said living in the moment is really important, and I think that equals rest, like connection with your with your family, with yourself. You hear this old business adage saying is like you can rest when you're dead. Well, that's not true. Like that's that's very gangster and very awesome, but not true. <laughs> you got to have rest. You got to find a way to take that energy, that new energy from resting, and put it back in there. So I wanted you. More of that, like I said, I like to run in place. So maybe I run in place, but laying down. Yeah, there you go. There you go. (laughs) Writing more is another big one. I've do. i learned over the years that I do love to write. And then outside of that, it's connecting with good people like you. Like I've enjoyed this podcast. I've enjoyed the journey of the book, even in these crazy times of COVID-19, and still being able to connect and learn from so many other individuals and kind of re-plug into other people's passions and like getting close to that, it's been something that I realize I've missed yeah. over the last two or three years of not being a gym owner, so. Yeah,
0: I think that this COVID-19 and quarantine era has definitely revealed to a lot of us things that we either missed or lost perspective on.
1: 100%. Yeah, Yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah. Well, good deal, Terry. That's all we got, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been awesome. Yeah, of course. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this awesome episode with Terry make sure that you write down some of Terry's 10 steps, like cast a vision, create a vision checklist, and build the revenue before you build the business because you'll want to start applying these ASAP, entrepreneur or not. Even if you're not, you still need to cast a vision for where you wanna go in your personal life, in your career, and in your relationships. You still wanna ask yourself why you want to get there and what you're gonna do when you get there. Make sure you share this episode with a friend or family member or maybe an entrepreneur that you know. You can send them, to nickcarrier.com slash podcast slash Terry Bargy, where they can find the YouTube video and the show notes. Remember, screwing up is fine, as long as you learn from it. Be aware of where your weaknesses lie. Be okay with working on those areas or hiring someone to fill that gap for you. For now it's time, it's time to take action. Time to cast the vision for your life, your business, or your career. Define where you wanna go so you can make the turns in the right direction. Because when you make turns in the right direction, you're on the more efficient path closer and closer to your best you.